Hey guys, I don't normally drop in at the beginning of the shows anymore because Harry does the intro, but today's show is a little bit different. We, we cover a topic, we do some questions, we do the last week, this week and what we're into, but the topic is more of a, just a general conversation around the mindset and some of the things that I'm personally struggling with slash focusing on right now. We didn't know whether to put it onto the mics or not, but it feels like it's important. This is the startup diary. It's stuff that other founders will go through. I hope you enjoy it and I hope it helps someone. Speak to you soon. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 324 of The Startup Diary. I am Harrison Mudge, and I am with my co-host, Adam Callow. I wish you brought me in and said my tan co-host, because I actually have a bit of a tan, and I'm fairly proud of it, even though I sent a selfie to, to our friend Alex Rolls the other day, and I said, he was like, I was like, oh, we're doing this today with the family, and snapped a photo. He was like, you should be working on the rest of your tan, mate, because <laughs> I've just got like white marks everywhere. Anyway, guys, thanks for joining us for this episode of Startup Diary. If you are new here, this is where me and Harry jump on the mics to share what it's truly like to build a startup business. We're five and a half, six years in the making. We've bootstrapped, raised some seed funding, raised some venture capital, and we make lots of mistakes, and we're sharing them with you so you don't make them too. Harry, you very, I want to say the word impromptu, but I might be using that word incorrectly. You basically said, let's stop talking, hit yep. record, and let's carry on this conversation on the mics. Do you want to give people a little bit of the backstory to why? As in how we run the shows? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we were brainstorming on different, uh, we have a bunch of different topics to work from and we were trying to figure out obviously the best one for sort of now, what kind of resonates with sort of the thing that's going on in either your or my day to day. Um, but we got talking and one of, the, uh, one of the things that came up is you were saying how, because um, obviously you've had your holiday, which will, if you want to hear about that, you can go and listen to Dad Knows Best because we'll talk about it all. Do a family there, trip report on that show. Family trip. Um, but you mentioned a few things. So you've had your holiday, um, you've been doing some coaching, you've not got a coach coaching session coming up soon because the, the guy's busy. Calendar's clashing, yeah. Yep. Me away, him away. Um, and he offered to do it over Skype, but I don't want to do it over mm. Skype. You want to look. You want to look dead in the eye. <laughs> no, I really do because when I go to the coaching sessions, it's it's like a routine now for me. Where I drive in the morning, I have my coffee, I think it through, I get my notes out, I go sit in his room. He's got a really like perfectly laid out room as you'd imagine like a coach would have, like have a small table, perpendicular. coffee. Yeah, exactly, like coffee <laughs> on the table, ready. It's like it's perfect um, because it gets me in the zone, mm. and I'm like, if I'm I'd have like notifications from like the team like, oh, can you send me this? When I'm like trying to have a coach session over mm. Skype and I don't know. I just, I just don't <laughs> feel like it would be anywhere as productive or I, yeah. because it, my, I think my theory is if I do it over Skype once, I'll just get lazy and start to do it over Skype because it's easier. Mm. Whereas that commitment of time for me. Yeah, it's, it's like when you go to a gym as opposed to working out <laughs> at home. Like yeah. everyone, everyone can work out at home, but because the sofa's there and the TV's there and the kettle's there. Exactly you, that. You, tend to do the other things uh, yeah so so you've not had a coaching session at the moment but obviously you've been touching on um like family and things like that as well mm -hmm. so like the as we were talking off the mic something that came up is you mentioned how you felt like you've been super laser focused on expert trades but but when you've actually been forced to sort of take a step back mm -hmm. and think about the long-term goal of family uh, you kind of don't know where you want to be or where you're going with it. So I thought we should just kind of talk about that on the mic. So I think that's like a really interesting kind of predicament to be in. The fact that 
the way I see it is, I think the justification is that you are la you are laser focused on expert trades because if that does well, then that feeds into whatever you need to make the family happy. Yep. But you've not really been thinking about what that happiness is with the family. But I think just on just on that point, and I know I've mentioned it before, but that's exactly where my head was previously, which is I'm just going to put myself 60, 70, 80 hours a week into the business. Make and imagine like you've got all so there's like for me there's like seven the seven pillars that I found that are what I care yeah. about. And I think everyone, especially entrepreneurial people, tend to say, actually, if you put all my glasses on the table and they're all empty, if I fill that one up, which is expert trades or the business mm. that you run, if I fill that one up, it's going to overflow into the rest of them. Yeah. And it's going to make everything else easier. Mm. Um, but I think the thing that I've sort of learned over the last four, eight weeks is at what cost now am I giving up? or paying to try and fill that glass up. Uh, and I guess it came through in the 60 Minute Father book because it's kind of like, actually, if I want to be able to buy my son a nice first car, I need to create wealth and create cash. And then, so something in the book that kind of said, well, would your son rather that nice expensive mm. car or would you rather a banged up car and have had you present every Saturday, every Sunday, and every Wednesday for a swimming lesson. Um, and I was like, oh, that's a really interesting conversation. And I guess not to go too deep on it, but because I lost my dad six months ago to the day yesterday or the day before, Sunday, all this has like come at a really interesting time for me. Where I'm like, actually, you'd give up, and everyone would, you'd give up everything for another day with someone that you love. And that's taken it to an extreme um, but it makes you think about the stuff in the middle. So I guess what's been going on in my head probably the last eight weeks is, yes, I've been so focused on expert trades, which is really, really important for everyone. If you're starting a business, you have to be like in it. Like you can't put one mm. foot in the water. You have to just jump in. Um, there's that great quote that like being a, being a founder or an entrepreneur is like jumping off a cliff and building the plane on the way down. Mm. And that's true. That's what you do. But... And I think the reason we had this conversation that came off the mics again is this like conversation taking place within our community around like self-doubt. So like there's a self-doubt thing that kind of keep keeps coming in. And I think what will happen is it will always come into every founder, whether it's you're thinking about leaving your job all the way through to you're successful because you just move up different levels mm. and you always go, I'm probably not good enough to do this, but I'm making it up as I go along and you that's how you feel. Um, so that was how we started this off the mics. And then moving on to like now, like, I don't really know what success looks like for Adam. If you take Adam Callow and then Expert Trades, up until like six months ago, there were one. Like literally there were one. Like I woke up and I was Expert Trades. Simple, because that was how focused I was yeah. on the business. I think what I'm doing now is actually saying, well, I got, for everyone that's listening, we've got another podcast, as Harry said, called Dad Knows Best, which is where we talk about being a father and father-to-be. I've got two kids. I've got a three and a five-year-old. Um, and now what I'm trying to take a step back and go, actually, what does success look like for me personally? And I don't know. And I realized I don't know like seven weeks ago. And it's been just playing on my mind since. What I wanted to do last week was spend some time and try and work it out because I'm out the office and blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. But for anyone that has kids, like you, you know you get no downtime when you're on a kid's holiday um, on the beach and doing stuff all day. So... 
I think where I'm at today is I the business is obviously super important and everyone that runs their own business will will know that you've got to drive it forward. But I'm sort of challenging myself and I want to challenge everyone that listens to this to really work out what does success look like outside of the business? Because I think my biggest fear is, and I spoke to Sarah about this, um, context, Sarah's my wife also works for the business. Um, I spoke to Sarah about this while we're away. My biggest fear right now is I wake up and I'm 40 and the business is doing extremely well. But I look back and go, what the fuck have I done mm. with the last 10 years of my life? Because I know that having a very successful business, if we grow this from 13 to 130 to 500 people and build the org out and have a great roller coaster journey, I know that that won't be my version of success. Like for me, it's all about impact and that's how I always come back to it. I want to make the biggest impact. But what I can't do is just focus on making an impact to the business. I need to make an impact to my family, my direct family, my wife, my kids, uh, my brother, my mom and all that. And I don't know how or what that looks like right now. And what that's doing for me mentally is, and don't get me wrong, it's not getting me down. It's not a negative thing mm. because I'm being asked things during my coaching session around, like he, he calls it like the kindling. He says, we have to get like the basics right before we start working on the performance coaching part of being a great CEO. Because if you don't have the basics right, the kindling for the fire, you're not gonna be able to burn the logs like the big chunky bits of wood that you need mm -hmm. he says how fires work cool he asked me how fires work i was like this sounds like a trick question he's <laughs> <laughs> like no imagine you're in the woods and you build the uh, you build the fire i was like ah see where you're going with this um he kind of just zoomed in and realized that my kindling isn't there like i don't have a really clear foundation of what i'm driving towards outside of the business and because I said it before business is a vacuum it will suck up all of your time mm -hmm. um that sort of made me think well, i was with Sarah having a few beers. I was like, my biggest fear right now is I wake up and I'm 40 and I've just been doing the same thing I've been doing. For the last six years now, I do it for another 10 because I'm 29 years old. Um, and that for me could cause me a huge amount of regret. So what I'm trying to do is work out what am I prepared to give up now and what other areas of my life do I need to spend some more time on? So all these glasses on the table start to fill up at the same time. So is it more of just like a work-life balance on like in hours of the day or days of the week that's the issue? No, like it's generally not. So I wanted to, I want to take that work-life balance conversation off the table because I think what people then do is they make it very binary. They make it, I'm going to work this many hours and spend this many hours with my family. And it's really important you understand what actually motivates you and makes you happy. And there's a people probably know of a guy called Gary Vaynerchuk and he comments and says well Gary because Gary is like works long hours and doesn't basically see his family during the week and that's sort of a little bit like me right now like Monday morning to Friday night I'm just in the process and I dedicate the weekend to the family and like people message him and you can see in his comments saying yeah well I get to be at home at six o'clock with my family and like his feedback is, does your family really want you there at six o'clock? <laughs> it's, like, it's like step one. But step two is being at home with the family at six o'clock, but when you're still on your phone checking your emails and not present, doesn't mean you're actually home with the family. And the reason I really highlight that is it's not about this work-life balance because for me, what, what I really enjoy, again, impact. I enjoy creating things. I enjoy entrepreneurship. I enjoy business. So then there's this whole thing of actually what I should do is look at expert trades as like 
my big piece of work, but I realize I need other little projects on the side mm. to keep me mentally stimulated, to enjoy, to learn, and, and just to keep pushing myself. Like that's one thing. And then taking my wife on that journey with me and having some projects to do with her. Like it's not about not working. For me, it's about choosing what I work on that allows me to be happy, I think is the best way to explain it. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a binary thing between just like work and life. But there's there are there are these seven things for me that matter, and it's trying to work out, which is really hard, of like what success looks like for each of those, and that for me it's like kids, family, uh, business, health, wealth. Uh, there's, there's these seven pillars, and I, I think what's really what's a really interesting exercise is to write down the, the things that matter to you, and then try and write down what success looks like on a one, five, and ten year window and my page was blank mm. <laughs> and that's that's where all this came from I'm like cool so I know what I'm trying to do I'm trying to make, build expert trades and for the business side it was so crystal clear and then for the rest of it it was basically blank and I was like there's a problem there coming back full circle I've said it for the third time now I don't want to wake up when I'm 40 and have regret but what is the regret though not spending time with the kids or yeah like all, all of that like being 40 and being fat but being rich would be unhappy being 40 and having not spent as much time with my boys but being able to buy them a nice thing when they're 20 is unhappy like but is that not already what you're doing by committing the weekends to them uh yeah but i think that's like the first step because for me committing the weekends was just this very binary thing this work life balance thing and i think that's where i've sort of said no 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 that's the for me that's it's a right move is in a step forward but it's an easy way out to not thinking long-term. Like for me to just say, weekends are family time, great, but what does family time look like? Like, what do I want to achieve with my boy? Like, so he got into his rugby. He tried football, enjoyed it, not too much, went mm -hmm. off it. Went to rugby um, because his cousin does rugby, my brother's sons, um, and really enjoyed it. Uh, and then I made a passing comment, I don't know, like six months ago, saying if you need any help on a Sunday uh, to, to help, manage the kids and you don't have to be a rugby player to do yeah, it it's yeah, just yeah. like it's kid stuff they're five years old I can take a fucking don't five even, year old don't, <laughs> don't even need to know the rules at that point <laughs> uh, and I got a message weirdly as I'm like talking to Sarah about this I got a message off the rugby coach and this is what I'm saying is like you put yourself out there and things come back full circle I got a message off the rugby coach saying if you're still interested we'd love an extra pair of hands uh, it's a commitment every Sunday to do this and I was like great so for me, it's like working out not just what just family time because time you can put in the calendar. Like how do I make the most out of that time? So me and my son have something to do. Me and my wife, like Sarah, um, she's she's a, an odd character in terms of she just looks forward to having something in the calendar to look forward to. Like she enjoys having a holiday. Like she's excited now we're back from uh, Cornwall because we're going to America next year. And she's like, no, no, it's cool. I like because I can plan, I can do TripAdvisor, I can do, she enjoys the planning stage and she enjoys that. So I now know that actually to keep my wife happy throughout the year, it's just making sure that she's got stuff in the calendar six to 12 months out that is booked in and she can plan for, because that's what motivates her, like mm. family holidays and bits like that. So what I'm trying to, I feel like I'm like waffling a little bit, but this is probably the thought process that, that I'm going through and I'm hoping it helps someone. Well, I think, I think it explains how, <laughs> how much lack of focus there is on it like if the fact that your thoughts are so kind of here there and everywhere shows that it's not it, you've not got the vision yep set in stone yet but I think or, 
I think there's there's this also this thing which is like not beating yourself up, which is really really important, and just accepting today for where you are. Because if I had to go back and change stuff, I wouldn't. Like there's no regret right now because I've got the business to a point that I knew it needed to take 120% of my time. It needed to like you needed to like throw yourself into the water, like f- not being able to swim and just work it out. So I'm, what I'm not stressing is like if someone is in this right now and they are 10 months in or two years in and they are making sacrifices in lots of areas of the business, I'm not saying you don't need to do that. What I am saying is that take a little bit of time to try and really work out why you're doing it and not just to have a successful business because that, that doesn't mean anything. Like in the big scheme of things, that doesn't mean a thing. Um, it's about me trying to wake up in the morning and be motivated as Adam Callow, not as Adam Callow, CEO of Expert Trades. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. Uh, but interestingly, though, I feel like what you've not, you've not said anything that kind of contradicts what you already do. Like you already have the weekends with the boys. You're already technically able to, because it's your own business, take any time off you need to, mm-hmm. whenever you need to for the boys. Like there's nothing to stop it. You, you, you're in a position that not many other people are, mm-hmm. which is kind of the sweet spot. Like there's, I don't think there's any more that you can do um, work related. As in, like, like I say, you can you can take any hours off that you need to 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 go to a boys play recital or a sports game <laughs> or whatever kids do. Um, but not everyone can. Not everyone, they'd have to book a half day at work or yep. whatever it is. So. And you've already dedicated the weekend. So I think that it's it sounds like it's just more of like an optimization issue rather than a need to carve out some time because I've been working seven days a week. It's a really good point. Um, and I think, like, don't get me wrong, like I'm in a position where I've got options, mm. which is amazing. And it's a luxury and I, I completely get that. But I think, especially for the listeners of the show, like if you are entrepreneurial the reason that you push so hard is because you always want to improve. And it's it's where the whole thing where we spoke about self-doubt is you will continue to push the business as hard as you can and move up levels. And as every level moves up, self-doubt kicks in. What I've realized is I've pushed so hard in work, but haven't had that same level of aggression of driving things forward in other areas of my life. Mm. As in like, I found a hack, weekend's done, family time done, tick the box. Whereas I think what I'm doing now is like, actually, if I was pushing as hard as I do for my family as I do in the business, what does that look like? And I'm not saying I'll be able to do it because it is about having all these glasses fill up at the same time. But what I'm really, what you've pulled up on is a really good comment. What I'm trying to do is work out how I keep pushing other areas of my life to make them as successful as I want my business to be. So then all areas are successful and I'm not like mm. a really successful founder and I've yeah. got these these like ring fences around other things because it ticks the box. I'm trying to make sure that they are they feel as successful and as important to me. Makes sense. Win at family as well as business. Win family as well as but I'm going to get that on a fucking t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Shall we move on to listener questions? After this short break. So Adam, listener question time. And we had an email from probably <laughs> a few weeks ago now. Um, 
the way you said that makes me feel like it's long, a little bit. It's so longer I, than a few weeks. So I apologise. This is from Jay. I apologise, Jay, that it's took us so long to get round to this. Didn't we in the, in a previous show say we were out of questions? Can you send it in? This feels like yeah. it was from before then. Yeah, it's the whole transition of. At this point, Jay's like, guys, I've sent you a question. <laughs> yeah, and, and the thing is, it feels like a quite a timely question. Brilliant. So again, I do apologise, Jay, if you are or if you are still waiting for an answer. This one's for you. Jay asks. I sent over a Facebook message. Um, asking, you to, <laughs> asking you to answer my question. Yeah. <laughs> Probably should have pulled that out of the notes. Uh, basically, he's been trying to get in touch before. <laughs> oh, is that what it says? I was making it up. <laughs> uh, no, he, he basically said, I, I've reached out before but didn't hear back. In essence, is what he said. So, Jay consider this as getting back to you <laughs> i'm so sorry um but he says he he wants some more information about very early stages of an app idea mm-hmm. i currently have some wireframes uh, demonstrating the main premise of the app i'm using to i'm using it to get some market research for my target audience which feels like a good place to start do you have any tips for this stage so super early on wireframes basic concept Oh, this is a good question. Um, okay, so in terms of like getting... <laughs> Jay, Jay's product, or we finished it on the shelves <laughs> by now. <laughs> Available on the App Store. <laughs> um, in terms of getting market research back for... So firstly, I think it's a really solid idea. If someone's got an idea for a product or service, I think what Jay's doing is really smart because he's going through that MVP stage, which mm-hmm. is what's the minimum viable product MVP that I can build to either test demand or generate demand for my product or service. Yep. Um, so I think what I'd, if I was sat opposite Jay now, I'd want to know exactly how he came up with the idea. Is, it, is he scratching his own itch or is this something that he's seen in the market? I think when it comes down to wireframing, um, depending on how he's done the wireframe. Uh, he said at the time it was made from PowerPoint. Okay, so, okay, so, so I assume that's just very, very visual as opposed yep. to functional. So what I definitely recommend is um, there's a service like Balsamic, uh, which is <laughs> no, there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a service. Called, can you just Google that for me to make sure I got the name right? Um, but like, it's what, like the vinegar. Yeah, but it's what I use. Yeah, I think it ends in a. I think it's Balsamic ending in a Q. Balsamic yeah. wireframing. Balsamic. Can you just read the URL? Rapid, effective, and fun wireframing software. Uh, yeah, b a l s a m i q dot com. So Balsamic is a wireframing software that's really easy to use. And the reason I remember it is because when we were first building the first version of the Expert Trades app, um, what I wanted to do was visualize what it would look like to put it in front of my target customers, exactly what Jay is doing. But what Balsamic allows you to do is actually have it. Um, there so you can click buttons so you can basically add a home button and you click it and it'll go to like a profile screen so so what i'd recommend for jay if he has this opportunity it sounds like if it's on a powerpoint he's going to be in front of people so i think one of the best things that you can do from a um, wireframing and a ui ux thing is to build it in something like balsamic and then just put the laptop in front of someone or the ipad in front of someone and say hey this is what the app does can you have a play with it for me and then like record the screen mm. on ios now you can record the screens it's super easy go to your settings put screen recording on hit record screen because then you're going to see exactly one what they do where they struggle and then as you're there and they're struggling you can ask them what they're trying to achieve 
I think the key thing at this point is, especially if it's just a wireframe, is what you're trying to do is understand. Let me take one step back. He's got an app to provide a specific solution. I'm going to assume right now that that is something that a customer really wants. Mm. Before I'd even do the wireframing part of it, I'd validate that. And that's through like customer phone calls, surveys, insight, how much would people pay for it, really validate that side of it then go through and worry about the product. I think too many people like to go into the sexy stuff first, which is build the product. And we, we've been our own victims of that in the past. We've built a product and then go, people will want it. Whereas, you're gonna say something. Yeah, I was gonna say, so how does he go about ask, like what, what's the right question to ask when, if, if he has figured out a potential solution to what he thinks is a problem, yep. how would he ask, is this a problem? Or is it as simple as, do you find this a problem? There's and a, if there was something that would solve that for you, would you pay for it? Yeah, a couple of different schools of thought. So one, you could, depending on the type of the solution, so let's just say uh, we've got an app and we believe that um, tra- doing admin for tradespeople is too hard. Um, there's They've got so much mess in the van, quotes, invoices, gas certificates. And we're, by the way, guys, we're talking about our own product here. Uh, what we could go, say is we want to build an app for tradespeople, but before we go and spend all this money on building the app, let's go and spend time with as many tradespeople as possible, which is what we did. We went and sat in the vans and watched them as they work and asked them questions, and we validate our own assumptions through conversations. And that's all qualitative stuff, which is like feedback driven. Mm-hmm. But what we tend to do is take the qualitative stuff to really get an insight, and then we would then take all that and then create a survey off the back of it. And then I'd recommend spending some money on distributing that in front of your target audience. So, hey, we're building this new thing. Would you like early access? Click here to fill in this survey. Um, and we've got a member of our community who runs a service called Street Pin. And what we said mm-hmm. to him is to get people signed up, give them their handle, like your Twitter handle. If I don't have at Adam, but if there's a new product or new service, you can create some exclusivity. Give us this feedback and then claim your free account. Get early access, whatever it is get that feedback in, work out if it's something people really want. And as part of that, make sure you're testing how much people are willing to pay for it Mm. because you need to test the business model assumptions then as well. There's no point building something if you think people are going to pay $9.99 a month and they're not going to pay 99p as a one-off purchase, like app-wise. Validate that. Mm. So then it goes into the wireframing. Validate the product that people really want. Validate the price. Make sure there's a business model and a business case behind it. Then worry about building this MVP wireframe. And at that point, if you've done the first steps, the next bit gets really easy because you've got people you've spoken to in person. You go back to them with a wireframe. You've got people that are filled in a survey. So all you do is you go, great news, guys. We're now on the design stage of this new app. You're in the club. You get all this early insight. Help us design this app to make it perfect for you. What do you think of this screen? Send them a link to Balsamic. Have a click about, guys. What's your feedback? You can actually take them on the journey with you, get them to give you the feedback, and then by the time the product comes out, you've already got a massive list of people waiting for it who know you, like you, trust you because they've been involved in the whole process. That's... That's what I do. I didn't, I didn't realize we'd get to that, but that's what we do. Like it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, Jay, that's helped. Uh, and if you if you like three stages ahead, let us know. And if that's made you go back to the drawing board, let us know. You can email startupdiary at nbs.fm. Adam, another question for yourself. Ooh, um, two this week. Just partly because I've not really been reading anything other than the one book. Um, Michael asks... What three books would you recommend for a first-time founder to help increase their chances of success? Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> that is a big question. So what three books would I recommend for a f- to increase their chances of success? Yeah, and, I, and a follow-up from me is, I'd be interested to know what 
increasing your chances of success, how that changes your yeah. decision? So there's, two, there's two parts of that. So one is the first time founder because um, I've actually just finished a book called Trillion Dollar Coach by Eric Schmidt. Yep. That has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed it and it's really opened my eyes up around coaching and in there are specific coaching tactics. So I'm trying to think of myself as a, a coach compared to a CEO sometimes. Um, but for a first time founder, that's no good because like uh, there's other stuff that you need to worry about at this point in time. Um, so I'd say to increase the chances of success, every founder who has a product needs to get product market fit and then needs to find customers. I think probably one of the best books that I've ever read around um, doing t testing of marketing channels is Traction mm -hmm. um, by Gabriel Weinberg. Uh, it talks about different traction channels. There's 19 or 21, I can never remember. I think there's 19 different traction channels in that book. And it outlines exactly what each channel is and then how you methodically, uh, like a like a chemistry experiment, test every one of those channels to see how much it costs to acquire uh, reach, impressions, downloads, views, customers, whatever it is, whatever the KPI you're driving towards, it helps you test that. So it's like apples for apples. So that's a must read for everyone, every first time founder, because it's gonna help you save loads of money when it comes to your, your marketing spend. Um, then, Built to Sell by John Warrillow. I think Built to Sell is a really good book. It's like a, it's a fiction story about a guy who runs a creative agency. Um, it's a fictional book. It's a fictional book. It, so all the principles in there are really interesting, but the, the, the author has, weaved it into a narrative of a fictional okay. character okay. Um, who's a business owner to get across his message. Mm. And I, I, it makes a nice listen, actually. Um, what it is, and even if you hear that, you go, well, I don't want to sell my business. It's not about building your business to sell, um, even though the title's built to sell. It's, <laughs> it's all around building processes in your business. So it's from day one, how do you make sure that you're not the bottleneck in the business and there's processes in place? Because people know that when you sell a business, it needs to not be just mm. founder-centric. Um, so it's about building processes that allow you to scale. When, when did you start reading that? <laughs> well, I read it, I probably read it four years ago, but didn't take any of it to heart. Mm. Just read it and thought, well, I listened to it, I listened to everything on Audible. So these three recommendations will be on Audible because I say to people, I can't read, I can read, I just can't take it in. Um, mm. I like to listen. Um, I actually revisited that book probably eight months ago. And I think that's one thing, a good book you should revisit often. Mm. So like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. you yeah. never remember everything. Just keep, if it's made an impact the first time, it'll make more of an impact the second time, not less, because it'll go, actually, the stuff I've learned in the meantime, I can now apply this even mm. better. Um, so that I think is a great book. Um, it will help you think about building process in your business from day one, which is super important. Don't ignore it the same way I did. and just had a nice listen. Um, then increases the chance of success. The Hard Things About Hard Things, which is by a chap, I believe it's by a chap called Ben Ben Horowitz from, and he's one of the partners in Andreessen Horowitz, um, which, uh, so A16Z is a venture capital firm. Okay. Um, that book is fantastic. You'll take some learnings away from it, as in direct learnings mm -hmm. to help you. But the reason I recommend that is because it would just let you understand how much of a shit show big companies can be and how hard building a startup is. It will make you feel better about the hard times about building a startup, which it won't increase your chance of success, but it will help you stop from quitting early. Mm. I think that's, which is so important. Yeah, it will help you stop quitting 
early, which is which is it will just help you sleep better at night because you go, I am not a snowflake. There are companies much bigger than me in more of a shit show than I am, uh, and I can work this out. So that that'll be my three recommendations. Like it. Hopefully that helps, Michael. Uh, if you listen or read to any of those, or if anyone has any suggestions or recommendations, email them in, and we'll eventually read them out on the show. Uh, it is startupdiary at nbs.fm. For now, though, Adam, let's take a quick break and come back to what we're into. And last week, this week. <laughs> Good job I've got notes. <laughs> and we're back with last week, this week. Adam, <laughs> you like my radio voice. You make yourself laugh sometimes, <laughs> don't you? Uh, if I didn't laugh, I'd cry. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah, so you've been on holiday. Yep. Tell me all about it. No. Oh <laughs> no! Uh, Tease from from the business side because again, guys, uh, quick dirty plug for another show. We've got a show called Dad Knows Best. If you're a dad or dad to be, or just want to hear about two dads talk shit about what it's truly like to be a father, uh, head over to the podcast app of choice uh, and download Dad Knows Best and hit subscribe. Um, I'll do a, probably a trip report on that show, but I think cool. from a work perspective, um, I went with the idea of trying to spend some downtime to think about the business. Um, and to think about stuff on a more macro scale none of that happened like not even I was going to say that's very interesting that you said that because the whole like if we rewind to the topic of the show we were talking about how you were trying to sort of zero in and focus on what Mm -hmm. what it's like to be successful with the family but you went on holiday with the idea of spending time planning the business sorry really good point the stuff that I did do on holiday was the stuff that I went to do with the wife, which was trying to work out what do we want for the kids? What do we okay. what do we want as a relationship? Like what does success look like for me and the wife in three, five, 10 years time? Um, still Two married. Wives. <laughs> <laughs> Two wives. Um, like we did, we, I did that, which was cool. cool. Um, okay. I got no time on the business. I went there trying to think about my, to pull back to the beginning of the show, my seven glasses, mm-hmm. like my seven pillars. Um, couldn't get anything done on the work front. Um, don't know why. Uh, just I just wasn't in the mindset. I don't think. Uh, did I, you did you like find a corner on a in a bar or? No, I think what happened. Or? I think what really, if I think about it honestly, so what I'd planned to do was go down every morning for an hour or two, hour and a half before the family wakes up, or as the family's getting up, uh, get out earlier. And I went to Paranporth, as you know, mm-hmm. beautiful beach. And I was going to go down there, sit there for an hour, grab a coffee, look over the beach, and just think. But what happened is. Um, <laughs> ended up working for like two hours every morning, largely because one of our largest clients had like a very last minute, but very important to them demand um, or request, should I say. Um, and that just took lots of management to, to get done and implement it correctly. Um, so ended up working during that time. Um, it would have It would have taken a lot to knock me off me from going thinking to working but it was really important mm. uh, so I used that time for that so what I'm actually going to do and it came up in our startup club meetup is like go and spend two days and just fuck off somewhere on your own yeah. I'm going to book that in um, because I think it's so important and I'm going to try and do that every four months is what I've decided so I like just go and just go away 48 hours just to think about stuff be away from everything and then get the plan in place um, so that's, yeah, I that's think, my last week I think with that it'd be interesting for you to disconnect in air quotes as in like don't take your laptop don't take a device where you can do work Mm -hmm. just take some sort of note-taking device pen and paper has always worked um (laughs) i know you've got an ipad pro though so but yeah but i think it's like with anything when you do 
when you do an action that doesn't require sort of brain power, you tend to think more. That's why people have ideas in the shower and stuff because mm-hmm. you can you can only wash yourself and it's like, oh, what if I did this? Exactly. Many great ideas come out of the shower. No, no. Uh- <laughs> As he knocks his microphone off. <laughs> No, no, I, um, I completely agree to be honest. Like getting away with just a notepad. I think the idea would be in like a perfect world is you'd, I'd go away somewhere, a nice coffee shop, notepad, think for a day and yep. just be away for a day, sleep on it. And then the next day we open in front of a device and pull together all those mm. notes and thoughts into actions and ideas and strategies and bits like that. That's going to be my forte. What I'll do is actually, it might make a really interesting show or a really boring one. I'm going to go and do this in the next four weeks and I will like jump on the mic like every two to four hours to give an update of like what I've done, what I'm thinking. So like in the space of like a 20 minute show, you can see the 48 hour process that I went through. So a question on that would be, are you planning or would you intend to have um, ideas fully fleshed out and things like that? Or is it like, or do you see it more of a, I'm going to go away, I'm going to brainstorm and here's all these ideas and then I'm going to bring it back and I don't know, hash some of it out if it involves the team, see what the team think, yeah, or, or, um, or is it to come back and say, right, these are the things I want to do and I want to execute on? I'm more of a dictator than a democracy when it comes to ideas, as in like if I want to do something, I'll do it and I'll just drive it into the team. Um, so yeah, but you, you'd rather do the full thought process yourself though and then just tell people this is what we're doing. Um, no, I'm going to have my cake and eat it here. So what I'd do, because I, I, dog, I dog food the stuff that we talk about on the show, so like, I would go and have an idea and then I would business model canvas it on my own. Mm-hmm. So I would take, because the business model canvas doesn't just apply for a new business idea. You can roll that same idea for a new product or a new feature. So go and listen to previous shows, guys, if you don't know what the business model canvas is. Um, it's a really helpful tool, but I would go and do that, validate it myself to the point that I decide I want to do this. I would then come back into the team and say, guys, we're going to do this. Can I please get all you smart people to help me understand the best way to do it? Here's the thing. Let's brainstorm. Let's roll it out. That's That would be my approach. Episode 310 is the business model canvas for anyone that wants to listen to that one. That was a good show, actually. That's some really good feedback. It, make sure if you go and listen to it, you are in a space on your own for an hour <laughs> where you can pause it and you can think and you can make notes. Yeah, it's a, it's a pen and paper job, that is. 100%. Uh, so that's, that's last week for me, mate. Um, and then... Uh, this week is um, just kind of playing catch up, to be honest. Mm. Like being away, obviously inbox bursting at the seams. Um, board meeting this Friday, very bad time, very badly timed. First week back, um, four day week for me. Even worse is like a client meeting this afternoon. So like between two and four, I've got like a client meeting. Okay. Um, so very very badly planned week. Just busy. Badly planned week, um, and then getting Sar up to speed with all the projects that we've got on. Because uh, I think one of the most Im- probably important changes we've made in the business is Sara, um, again my wife, um, our youngest starts preschool or whatever it's called um, uh, in September. So she's she's going to be basically able to do uh, office based full time work basically. That's so cool. um, she's she's moving into a project manager role. Uh, she's a ninja when it comes to admin, so it's just kind of like spending six weeks now getting her up to speed with everything. That's, uh, cool. that's me this week mate how about you uh, not much last week just a lot of admin and things really um, it's been a bit of a slow a slow week I guess because as it is with kind of client projects that I deal with it's like very kind of ebb and flow it's like a lot of 
prep work up front, a lot of emails, a lot of getting everything booked in, and then guaranteed it'll be like three site visits back to back, and then everything's yeah. due by the end of the week. But you manage that really well, though. Like, the, the, <laughs> sure. No, the, the, no. The reason that I, the reason that I don't beast you in between like the ebb and flow side of it is because I understand that's what you have to go through. Mm. Like, you will have times where you just have to get your shit in order, clean up your admin, go through inbox, have a have a bit of downtime because I know when it gets busy. Like you're you're always mm. up against it. Like you're you're always at 100 miles an hour or 10. And I th- but I think <laughs> it with, me up in a lot of ways. That with, with, <laughs> I think with other people and other people's roles in the business, I probably struggle to see that and let mm. that happen. I'd rather keep them at a constant 70 miles an hour. But yours is so like that that I've kind of I've learned to get used to it over time. Yeah, and on, and on that note, this week um, I got to get some site visits booked in, and at the moment all the locations are like. 200 miles away so that's that's kind of what I'm on with at the moment and the client's uh, not paying fuel because it's built into the retainer so. <laughs> brilliant um, but yeah the, the other exciting thing for me is I've got we've got another inter- obviously still trying to find a videographer had a guy that was booked in last week um, dropped out because he got in the position bit gutted but he's obviously he was very good liked his application as well he did a video CV like yep. for, for a role that's for a videographer to do a, a job application that has you in a video talking straight away as well as the showreel punchy in it. yeah he gets it but he's not coming <laughs> <laughs> so we've got another guy coming on friday um again he's um kind of a similar situation to me really he's, com- he's got his background is completely unrelated to the industry or video work or anything like that self-taught um but looking at his work that he's achieved in sort of the space of a year. He's already come on leaps and bounds. And I think that if we can get someone like that in early, he'll boom. Yeah, I saw, I watched it, both his showreels. I thought mm. um, he was obviously, he obviously put them together to show off his different skills, which yeah. is what showreels for. Um, really excited. Actually, off the back of this, uh, and I guess this is, we'll say this on the mics to, as like a tip, um, to keep that lead warm, as in like to make him feel more excited. Can you just drop him an email and say, by the way, Adam, founder of the company, watch your showreels, drop me an email over the weekend to say, super impressive, can't wait to see you on Friday. Sure. Like just that, because I want him to know that- Are you in on Friday, by the way? I have a board meeting on Friday morning, um, okay. and then Friday, when, when's he in? Uh, 1 p.m. There's a chance that I'll be back for about 1, 1.30. So if he's- Interesting, okay. What, do you want to square it away, fast? Yeah, potentially. Okay, cool, I'll so, get back. So, done. That would. That's how we operate here, done. Yeah. Um, cool. Might, might do a Leon and offer him the job on the spot. <laughs> yeah, like just because, like, and again, this is this is a bit inside, but like, if there's there's a positive energy that I've felt towards his application and him yep. as a person before cool. I've met him. Whereas with others, it's like Ugh. you've not even done a fucking cover note with it. Like, yeah, I yeah. asked for a show reel. There's not like no. But it, it sounds like he, he's come from a place of self awareness. He knows where he is, mm-hmm. and his show reels show like real ability. And you said after twelve months. Um, I'm excited by it as well. Yeah. So just let him know that and then I'll get back. Um, cool. And then moving on to what we're into, Harry. Yeah, what are you What are you into, Adam? So what's really weird is um, Sam Wilcox. Remember the start Friend of the show. Friend of the show. All that good stuff. All that good stuff. Plug, I, plug, by plug. the way, I listened to, I, to that. I listened to um, episodes 13 and 14 last night. Okay. First of all, their their show is great. 
Like it's they're they're so natural. I think on I'm the like, like, like Sam, I think Sam's I'm like really good. Like they're both really good at intro in the show. Mm-hmm. Like in the space of thirteen episodes, I feel like they've come on way further than we did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I, and it was just an interesting topic of discussion. And then episode fourteen, we're on it. That was that was <laughs> that's a good laugh. Is it funny? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What, what we should probably yeah. do for those guys as well, just to get some more awareness of the show, is take that audio, drop it onto this, and then open it up with a plug for all that good stuff. Because um, friends of the show, just awesome people overall. Um, but anyway, pull it back to Sam. Last time I met with Sam, probably like two weeks ago, he pulled up. We were, we were working on some data stuff, and he pulled. We're on the big screen. He pulled up this note-taking app called Notion, and I was like, oh, what's this? And you told me about it. And then I was on a startup stories call last, no, not last Tuesday, the week before. And I was like, what's the one hack service or product oh, that you use? Saying, yeah. And he said, Notion. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, I've never heard about it. And within and that those two meetings were within like two hours of each other. Um, I was like, never heard about it. So I then went and downloaded Notion as you do. I have not, I'm probably at 2% of the ability. It's a really, really cool note-taking app. Uh, what is it I don't understand what it does is it just for note taking no I can't explain it so <laughs> but you're going to try I'm going to try Please. actually I'm not everyone is go it, and... sorry is it just on the app store for it's on or... Mac app iOS it's a note taking app but it's not just for note taking it allows you to create very structured notes in a way that you want to very easily move stuff into layers create wikis create how to's create calendars create everything that you want within a really beautiful interface um yeah go and test it go and try it out i'm really i'm doing a really poor job of explaining what it does um i'm always in this like in between of like do i use notes on my phone and then move it across to monday.com which is our workflow software like where do my notes live um but it's a really cool app i would just recommend people go and try it all in one workspace write plan collaborate and get organized go and test it i just recommend it, 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 it it's it's a cool product yeah it looks like it's full of Full of, full of checkboxes, lists, yeah, integrations. Just right up Sam Street. Uh, what are um, you into, mate? Um, so at the moment, again, uh, listen to DKB. Dad knows best. You'll you'll hear where we're at. But obviously, just trying to look at different potential revenue streams and different things like that. I don't know why I said that. I, I with don't know why. Revenue streams. <laughs> um, revenue air streams. Quite, air quotes at the same time as well. And again, just looking at all sorts. And there's, there's so many things out there, so much advice that people can give and share and all the shares. And one thing I stumbled across was um, FBA, fulfilled by Amazon. That's been a whole thing. If you, if you YouTube that, there's people telling you how to buy a thousand units from China and sell it on Amazon all this that's like extreme case um, but it was interesting mm-hmm. because there's loads of people t- telling you how to do it but obviously whether you'll be successful or not who knows um, and for anyone that doesn't know what FBA is um, essentially and myself included I always just used to think that it was like only legitimate businesses that were on Amazon but <laughs> but anyone can be a shop on Amazon mm-hmm it's just a case of you just need to supply the product and to have prime for example most things come from amazon they're fulfilled by amazon so what that means is you you get the stock you send it to amazon dispatch and it sits in their warehouse and then when adam callow buys something on prime it goes straight from their warehouse because they've already got it mm-hmm. you can sell you can so fast forward to that's like big scale stuff where you're buying a shipment from china and getting it straight to 
the Amazon warehouse. That seems way over the top for what I'm trying to. Do. <laughs> it sounds <laughs> yeah. Like that. That's a whole big thing. Um, but another another thing I stumbled across after re- after learning about that I was like, okay, that's not on the table. Listened to. Um, Pat Flynn's podcast. Small uh, passive income. Yep. One of the first. Pa- I don't listen to that. I haven't listened to it in like five years. That was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to. That and Mixergy by Andrew Warner. Really good. Some interesting guests on there, and he had um, the Selling Family, is what they're called, and they basically do fulfilled by Amazon stuff, uh, but they do something that's called retail arbitrage. Arbit- that's the word. Yeah. Yep. Um, so basically they go into a discount store or they go into the clearance section of like a in America they are so Target or Walmart yep. or anything like that um, and there'll be like four or five items of something basically they've got a shop set up on Amazon um, th- which then gives them an app that they can scan a product and it will tell them the price that product sells for how many have sold how much it will yep. cost and things like that and then they just look at the price tag in the shop and go well if it's two dollars for me but it sells for 15 online bye after the things i'm going to make eight dollars or five dollars whatever it is i'll buy all of them ship them to amazon and sell them Mm -hmm. so i've just been kind of looking at that because you can in theory do that because i've now got a seller's shop or seller's account on amazon because you can set one up for free yep if you're a small if you do small business or a small number of products but the one they throw at you is like $25 or £25 a month. Didn't do that. So I just set that up just to have a look and see that. So I'm, this is just something I'm dipping so my toe into at the moment. So do you have that scanning app now? So I've got that scanning app now. If there was anything in here with a barcode on, I could scan it for you. So you've just passed me some whiteboard cleaning spray. Yep. So I've just opened my Amazon seller app. Mm-hmm. And where's the camera button? So if I just... So if I pull the camera up and I can scan... So that scanned, scan the product. Sales rank, 639. That's high. Is it? Okay. Yeah. One is the best. But is that for like a category or? That's, I think that's on Amazon. <laughs> so like, you, so yeah, so, but if you look. It's a lot of fucking whiteboards being cleaned. So office products, buy box, 296. 15 new and used from 195 but obviously that's a super low price product Let's have a look. Um, oh. so yeah so with something like that you wouldn't necessarily go for that because there's not enough by the time you shipped a box of unless you could get those super cheap by yep. the time you've shipped a box to Amazon and paid for the fees and things like that the amount of time that's going to take you and stuff is not not sort of worth your time that's a cool app I'm going to have but to play with that it's but you can't get it unless you've got a seller's account. I'll just get your login. <laughs> Will you now? But yeah, so that was just that's okay. just something I've dabbled in just because I wanted to see it all and that. And again, it requires a bit of work. It requires a fair bit of work because you need to go out and look for things. And obviously, you've got to ship things to Amazon. It's got to be bubble wrapped and all that jazz. I could ship it from home. But then things aren't on Prime. People have to pay postage. People, People buy don't Prime. buy things that are... Yeah. So... There's that whole thing. But yeah, that was just something that's kind of popped up on my radar. We should do just, like an experiment. Like we should go and spend some dollars, import something, put it into FBA and just see what happens. Yeah, well, I think, so with with my seller's account, I think, I think I'd be good for like small batches of stuff like that you can kind of carry in, in both arms. If you ordered from China, you'd need a premium account. Okay. 
Yeah, we can work that out. We should do so, that because it might be interesting as like a two or three parter for a show one day of like. I, th- I think there's limitations and stuff as well, but yeah, hundred percent. We should we should have a look um, and just cool. see what we can do. See if the lovely listeners want to buy Startup Diary branded whiteboard cleaning sprays. <laughs> Only nine ninety nine. We could brand. <laughs> <laughs> we could brand it. You could make a video. I could sell it. Job done, exactly. guys. Thank you so much for sticking around uh, for this show. If you have not hit that subscribe button yet, make sure that you do. We drop a new show once a week. If you have any questions for us, if we can answer them, we'll do our best. If we can't, we'll find someone that can. Just fire them into Startup Diary at nbs.fm that's nbs stands for no bullshit dot fm and if you are I'm going to plug it again H and if you are a dad dad to be or you want to hear me and Harry mm-hmm. talk about what it's truly like to be a dad go and listen to Dad Knows Best and the last plug 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 <laughs> guys if you are listening to this show and you're enjoying it make sure that you head over to Startup Stories that is where I have the privilege of speaking to some really interesting people from the world of business who they share their stories and there's some really great conversations insights there. Everything from like Harry Hugo who runs a 120 person agency. It's completely self-funded to 60 million turnover. Uh, that whole thing is just probably one of my favorite conversations I've ever had. And I think at the point of recording this, last week's startup yep. stories will be Lee Wilcox from On The Tools. Is that right, H? Yep, correct. Cool. That was another great conversation. Lee came to the office. Um, that'll be the end of season one as well. So guys, you can go and binge listen season one right now. It would mean the world if you go and hit subscribe and review that. Right now, we're on the homepage of Business New and Noteworthy. That's because of the support that you guys give us. We'd love to stay there for a little bit longer. Head over, enjoy Startup Stories, and we'll see you next time on The Startup Diary. Startup Diary.